0: Hey, this is Cleo with CleoYogaFinance.com, and we are here for another episode of Financially Free with Cleo, a show where we shift mindsets with real and raw money conversations with everyday people, empowering you to take action, appreciate the journey, and live the lifestyle you desire financially, mentally, and physically. And today we have a very special guest. One of my longtime friends from high school, and he is a successful sales professional with an MBA in supply chain management and a proven experience in supply chain and sales in the manufacturing industry. He is the owner of Snacks LLC, where their slogan is Two Piece Snack. (laughs) offering merch from shirts, hats, bags, and more. He's also a part-time stock investor and an inspiring real estate mogul. Welcome to the show, Norman McClain.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. Good afternoon. Uh, Thank you for the awesome introduction. I really appreciate that. Like Cleo said, my name is Norman McLean, and uh, Cleo and I have been friends since high school, so go go Firebirds, Pro Cone, marching band, so yeah. Yes,
0: yes, yes, you are so welcome, and I appreciate you for taking the time to Spend this time with me and talk with me about money and how it affects our life. And yes, our days from Pearl Cone High School in Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> marching right. band days—those was the best times of my life. I know we are, you know, older now, but I still have my flashbacks where I kind of reminisce and think about the good old days. But mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I feel like. A lot of us you know we both can continue learning from each other and we can share some of our experiences and what we've been through throughout our life so we can just go ahead and start this conversation all right all right so norman if you could just start with sharing with us about your childhood and how you grew up and how you first learned about money
1: Okay. Yeah. So I grew up, I'm born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. So North Nashville, for those who are familiar with Nashville, uh, the Buck Cannon street area, uh, when Buck Cannon was 99% African-American and now it's about 50, 50, um, very gentrified now, but yeah, so grew up, uh, 12th and Buck Cannon street, uh, went to pretty much, you know, Warden, uh, West End and then, uh, Pearl Cone. And so, I grew up in a single family household, you know, Uh, my mother and I have one older sister and my mother always, you know, she always had a job. She always worked, Uh, but the thing is she worked nights. And so it was really hard to kind of have that, that uh, parent figure, uh, you know, in in my life because she did work, you know, two, I think it was two to 11 every uh, Monday through Friday. So, you know, I would go over my aunt's house when I got out of school or we would go over our grandparents house until she got off of work. And, you know, I always remember, you know, I'm usually like almost asleep when she's like, you know, pulling up and and picking me up at around 11 o'clock. So, um, but yeah, single single family uh, household. But I think, you know, I still had people in my life that were father figures. Um, And so, you know, having them uh, around and being able to kind of see uh, uh, things in them and just kind of model myself after them. And, you know, a lot of it was, you know, being in the church and, and growing up in the church. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, mom, like I said, my mom, she worked hard. Uh, we we, we kind of had what we, you know, the things that we needed and, and wanted, whether it was shoes, clothes, you know, money. Um, she always kind of make sure. I think she kind of, uh, because she did work so much, she kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, gave the material things kind of as a, yeah. hey, I'm still here but you know i really needed both but it was okay bringing up
0: yeah i know that's kind of you know difficult sometimes when you know as as parents you know we have to you know work a lot of hours but you know we want to spend all that time too so as kids you know we we may not you know realize when you're we're younger you know how you know hard our parents work but you know it does have it doesn't have a it's very important to have that balance though cuz we, we want our moms to work to take care of us <laughs> but you know we love that quality time too as kids right. um, so during like your high school years was it kind of the same way too where uh, she was working a lot of hours versus having the more quality time
1: During high school, actually, the job that she had where it was like that, you know, night shift, um, she she no longer worked at that. So it was a lot better because, you know, she she had a day job. And so she was, you know, usually home around three or four. So it was more of that standard, you know, nine to five type job and, you know, dinner's ready, uh, Mm. you know, and and that type of thing. So it got a lot better. Uh, But what I will mention, though, is, you know, growing up, I kind of learned to be self-dependent and Mm self-sufficient just because my mom did work a lot. And especially like, as I got into my like teenage years, so like my 13, 14, 15 year, uh, teenage years. And, you know, I always, you know, wanted to have my own stuff and I wanted to either, you know, work for it, buy it. So I started at a very early age, um, And maybe I'm jumping ahead on the questions, but I'll kind of go through. Oh, go ahead. Uh, All right. So I started at a very early age, just like having that entrepreneurship, selling um, uh, uh, skills. Uh, Mm -hmm. I remember selling freeze cups. Who remembers freeze cups? (laughs) Styrofoam cups, you pour some Kool-Aid in it. Yes. And I sold them for 25 cents. And so, you know, people in the neighborhood. And and back then, you know, (laughs) there was lots of kids around. You had grownups. They're all, you know. Around So I would sell freeze cups. And then I remember uh, at warden school, I would go and buy like Jolly Ranchers, now later, like different candies. Mm. I would have like a little candy shop in my locker that I would sell between class. So I had selling candy, (laughs) freeze cups. Uh, And then when I got to the the age, I remember I saved up. I think it was about thirty five dollars. You get a lawnmower back in the day, like a used lawnmower, thirty five dollars, forty dollars. I saved up my money out. You know, my mom would give me, and I bought a lawnmower. Uh, it wow. was a guy on Buck Cannon street, you know, he offered, the uh, used lawnmowers and stuff, bought me a lawnmower mm. and started cutting grass, wow. uh, 20, $20 a pop, $20 a yard. And I just would walk, you know, look and see, you know, what neighbor, what, uh, what houses need their grass cut, knock on the door. And some said, no, some said yes. And, uh, that was actually pretty successful, um, you know, because some Saturdays I would come away with like $80, $100. And wow. like, now that's not a lot. You know, we don't think <laughs> about it. But when you're, you know, you don't have any bills and $100, you're like, ooh, I got some money now. Yes. You know, so, yeah. That's definitely. a lot of money
0: for for us young kids. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, it was. So, yeah, I definitely, you know, always kind of had that. I want to work for for what I for what I want. And, you know, just what can I do to, to, to make money the right way, the legal way?
0: I love that you explain all those different areas where you try to earn money. Well, not try. You did, you know, with the freeze cups and the candy and, you know, mowing grass, because I think sometimes people can underestimate, you know, kids and how we think. Yeah. And you know, we start to notice certain things. We see what's in demand. You know, we see mm-hmm. kids. We, we're buying candy. We like candy, and we love the freeze cups. You know, in the hood, and then yeah. like you know, with the grass, somebody somewhere always needs their grass cut. You know, and I think that's good skills that we learn early on. That we're noticing, hey, you know, there's a a need. I can solve yeah. their problem and make some money <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. i love that you already started early thinking about ways that you can earn money instead of just you know waiting on it to be given to you
1: yeah because at that time you know i couldn't get a a real job yeah so i remember i was waiting i was like and first job at Chick-fil-A at 15. So, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very, like, because I know sometimes even with my own daughter, I know she was about 16 when she first got her job. But yeah, usually it's around that 14, 15 years old that, you know, legally you can get a a job at, you know, the traditional teen job places, you know, fast food, grocery stores. But before then, that's how it is. You're thinking of ways Mm -hmm. you can earn money at school, in your neighborhood, things like that. So I love hearing that because I think it inspires other kids um, and even adults too, to, hey, you know, there's so many different types of ways to find, uh income income yeah and it's a way and sometimes you just start in your own neighborhoods or just start with things that you just Mm -hmm. see every day and there's somebody somewhere that needs some type of service and they're willing to pay you for it so i love that and with your mom did you all have any conversations as kids about money and how to manage it like when you were earning your money as a kid did you all did she kind of help you manage it or did you kind of have to figure it out on your own
1: so I had, I would say, zero talks about money. <laughs> <laughs> and so the talks I had about money was, here's $5, go to the store, get a loaf of bread, and bring me my change back. <laughs> that was the talk about money. That was
0: it.
1: Or, you know, here's $10, you know, go yeah. and get and your sister I, something I, to eat.
0: I can relate to that too.
1: Go and get your sister something to eat, Uh, you and your sister something to eat. And you gotta, you know, be able to manage, okay, I got $10 and I gotta split it between two people. Okay, you know, so that was more of the talks. Yeah, I didn't didn't have any of the, you know, hey, you need to save or, you know, what are you doing with your money? Um, Or anything as far as like um, uh, uh, how, like learning about like housing, uh, buying a house, learning about checking accounts, savings accounts. Um, So, you know, unfortunately we didn't have those things you know my mom didn't own her own, own her own house uh we yeah. rented uh she you know okay. she she had a a check you know a, a bank account but you know it was more just for you know your bills and day to day it wasn't a, a savings uh and so when we had those things that came up like rainy days and and stuff like that it was you know who who can we call to to ask if they can you know if we can borrow and and pay back um And, and, you know, we had a pretty tight-knit close family. And so, you know, folks helped each other out. But, no, there wasn't any talks about money. And uh, I just really kind of, you know, had to learn it on my own, unfortunately. And, you know, that was good and bad because, you know, learning on your own kind of teaches you a lot. uh, But then also it's good to have that structure if you had that structure where you had someone, whether it was your parents or, you know, someone in the community, in the church, that, you
0: know, kind of talk to you about, you know, saving finances. Gotcha. I love that. I think it's really important for us to reflect on things from the past and see, you know, what things we can learn from it to use going forward in the future, too. Oh, yeah. All right. So if you could share with me some of your money experiences, this can be from childhood or from your adult years. uh, One that may be like one of your positive experiences of, one of or one of your best money experiences. And then the other one could be um, one of the not so great experiences or something that, you know, we or, you know, may perceive as one of our negative or difficult money experiences.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I will, so I'll start with the positive experience first. Uh, I would say, you know, in college when, you know, we got those refund checks and, you know, I was... <laughs> I was fortunate enough to have, you know, scholarships and financial aid. And so I pretty much went to school for free and, you know, I got, I had, especially my, my first two years, my freshman and sophomore year, I had like so many scholarships because during high school, I was just applying, writing essays, applying, uh-huh. applying, applying for scholarships. And, you know, I came out with so much money and scholarships. So that first year of uh, refund checks from, from the school was like, Oh wow. $5,000. Uh-huh. Like, okay, nice. Uh, nice so I yeah. ended up using that money to uh, on one of those checks to, to put down on a car so uh, I bought my first car um, and so first car I remember it was in 2000 what was it 2004 or five uh, mm-hmm. so yeah bought bought things 2005 bought my first car. Um, put, put the money down and, you know, I was, I was ready to go. That was my first time ever, you know, getting a car on my own. Didn't have any help from, from family. Uh, now, you know, I did have a co-signer, but other than that, as far as the the money, like I put the money down, I paid the note. And then from there, having that car note made me really, you know, realize, oh shoot, now I got some real bills because cell phone bill back then, cell phones were like, what? $60, $50 if that, yeah. Uh, but then when you get a $300, $350 car note, you're like, Ooh. Um, so yeah, no, that was, I would say one of my best positive money experiences, just because I could have blown that money. I could have went mm-hmm. shopping and, and, or took a trip. I uh, know not to say I didn't do all that, but uh, <laughs> I could have, you know, used a lot of that money on, on stuff that wouldn't have been beneficial to, to, to me, but you know, I bought a car. So having that car enabled me to be able to not just work on campus, but be able to drive off campus and, and, and have a job. And uh, so my negative money experience, uh, ooh, I'll share this <laughs> because I know a lot of people can relate or can, will learn from this. So when I yes. got my MBA, wow. I got, um, I went while well, I was still working full time And, you know, we had the tuition uh, uh, repayment plan with my job. So as long as you made, uh, I think, a B or an A, you got 100% of that paid back. Well, the thing you don't realize when, you know, especially with master's programs, is, let's just say the program is $20,000 a year. Well, if you're, you know, applying for loans, the loan, I think it was the federal financial loan people, they send, they'll send like 30,000. And they're like oh if you don't use all the whole 30 you can send it back well being me and being us i don't know who's gonna send back the money <laughs> i mean you're still ultimately liable for it so like i said right. if, if the if the year was twenty thousand and they sent 30 well i had ten thousand dollars i could either pay bills do something with because you're not paying those loans while you're still in school you know you they're deferred right. until you're out of school so i would say using that money uh, not wisely, and then not sending the money back um, because, like I say, you're still ultimately responsible for that. So if you if you got thirty thousand dollars and it only cost you fifteen to go to school, you're still responsible for for thirty thousand. And so I think you know I'm still paying on on student loan debt now. I think I would have less student loan debt if I would have you know uh, handled and, and handled that money a lot a lot better, um, or you know I could have saved it and you know paid off, you know, a huge chunk of that student loan. So I really kind of, you know, look back and, you know, say, man, I really messed that up. And, you know,
0: yeah, definitely
1: learned from that experience.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those two. I think with the first one, with the good one, with the, uh, the, f- the car, yeah. uh, when you mentioned the refund, So when you said refunds, that is so, first of all, congratulations on getting all those scholarships. Because when, I, when we were at Pearl, I didn't really know about, I didn't really know the importance of applying for scholarships. The only one I got was the Project Grant, $500 oh, yeah. a semester scholarship. <laughs> but I didn't go and like be proactive and find other scholarships to apply for. I really wish that I did, but I didn't, I just, fill out my FAFSA and took out all these student loans that I really didn't need because I was, you know, in state, stayed yeah. right up the street went to the TSU, Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. So my, to, my expenses wasn't as high when you compare it to how much student loan debt I had. Yeah. So I'm glad that you got refunds, but they were from scholarships, not refunds from the student <laughs> loans, you know, so that's really good because it, Let's other people know that, hey, there's money out there. Oh, you yeah. just have to spend the time to apply for, like you mentioned, writing those essays. Mm-hmm. You know, essays aren't fun to write all the time. Some people like it. Most of us don't. But that time could turn into free money for school. So I'm glad that you took the time to do that and actually purchased something that was going to help you. Instead, like you said, blowing it. All on just vacation and shopping. It's, it's okay to do some, but at least that's not all you did. <laughs> and then when you mentioned your MBA program, that is—that's how I felt when I got student loans. I remember someone telling me in the financial aid office that you know, like for example, like one semester I would get five thousand dollars for student loans, mm-hmm. and at the financial aid office they said, "Hey, you know, if you don't need the whole five thousand, just put in there how much you need, and then don't try to get anything more." Yeah. But I was like, if they're going to give me 5000 <laughs> I would take the whole $5,000. <laughs> I know serious. just starting
1: out working and, you know, you got bills and expense. You're like, well, I'll pay this money back. Hopefully I have a better job in two or three years. So. <laughs> yes,
0: that's how I would feel. I was like, you know what? This is years later, so I, I, I can figure <laughs> that out later. But right now, I would take yeah. this $5,000. So I can just imagine you with that MBA program getting yeah. 10, dollars dollars 30000 you know, we're in a position that we're hoping that we're gonna get an opportunity mm-hmm. that's bigger and better so we can easily pay this off. And I know that's the mindset I had. So I'm glad you shared that because that's what a lot of us go through is that, you know, we don't want debt, but sometimes we feel like that may be our only option at the moment. And then I know when you mentioned, you know, still paying off student loans, I still have student loans. That's my last debt that I have to pay off is my student loan debt. And I'm 35 now. And I did let them sit for a long time. You know, I let them sit for a long time. And the balance just got bigger and bigger because they just sitting there adding more interest, you know, every single month. So I'm glad that you acknowledged, you know, what you experienced and that you're still in the process of getting that student loan debt, you know, paid off one day.
1: I'll i i end this in that question with a quote my mom always said: <laughs> "They'll be I'll be dead and gone before they get that money out of me." <laughs> I'm like, how long do we pay on student loans? A hundred
0: years? Exactly. That's what it feels like.
1: The balance is at zero, but no.
0: I think a lot of us have that thought, like, will I even still be alive when I pay this off? Or will I die and be gone? You know, so I like that quote. It's like a good reminder that it's like we laugh because it is funny. But then you really think about it like, how long will this really take? Especially when you start looking at the balance and how much you're paying every month and the interest rate and you like kind of calculating your current age and you wonder like how old will i really be when this is paid off so at yeah. least we know we're still being proactive and we're working right. towards you know paying it off because you know we did borrow it so we want to make sure we get rid of yeah. it and when i do i'm throwing me a student loan debt-free party oh, man. <laughs> or going on a trip just just to celebrate that yes, yes. Yeah. So I love it. Thanks for sharing those yes. two. I think that'll be really helpful for a lot of people. All right. So I want to move on to your business, Snacks, okay. LLC. So I really love your vision behind Snacks, LLC. And I want you to let us know, you know, what's the uh, why behind the company, the brand, and what experience led you to creating the company?
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, um, got my experience. So I'll kind of give the background, I took a solo trip, I think it was last year, a solo trip to Washington, D.C. I had always wanted to go to Hampton University, not Hampton, is it Hampton? Howard. I'd always wanted to go to Howard University's homecoming because, you know, just being in school growing up, you hear about Howard University's homecoming, all the celebrities go there and it'd be lit, and especially with the black <laughs> bands. And, and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go by myself. I don't care if nobody wanna go. I'm gonna go by myself that way. If I don't like something, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to do, you know, because when you travel with people, you you're having to kind of accommodate and, and do what they like. So I said, look, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna go to the museums. I'm gonna do this. So I went to Howard University's homecoming, and they had the yard on the yard set up. They had vendors and booths, and I came across this uh, this black lady who was selling some some uh, gear, some merch, and it was said, "Black don't crack." I was like, okay, that's a saying that's been around for hundreds of years. Black don't crack, and I was yeah. like that's, you know, that's pretty, you know, pretty trendy just to kind of, you know, brand that. And she had a trademark. So I was like, okay, so she has a trademark and, you know, no one can use that slogan on their merch and, and make money off of it. And then I started looking at her, her, uh, website and, and researching and kind of seeing her story about behind it. Uh, and it kind of inspired me to kind of, you know, launch my, my, my company, uh, snacks. Uh, and so, uh, with that, you know, I would say it took about six months, six to nine months for me to really kind of, you know, dig deep and, and, and uh, develop uh, the business, uh, the, the slogan, the, um, the actual logo and, and, and you know, filings. Mm-hmm. So I had to file with the state of Tennessee and, and, you know, just all the paperwork. You had to do your federal paperwork. Um, but, yeah, that vision started with me going to that Howard University homecoming. Uh, seeing that booth with her merch, Black Don't Crack. And I was like, you know, I can do this. And uh, it mm-hmm. was just inspiring just to see other Black vendors. Cause when you go to something like that, like a Black HBCU uh, homecoming, um, you see all the merch, you, especially like TSU, you know, the, the homecoming, <laughs> the parade, you see all that, yeah. those tents and merch set up, you're like, man, you know, folks making some money. Um, mm-hmm. And my goal was to really, you know, before the pandemic, really kind of focus on those HBCU homecomings, you know, uh, rent a a, a booth, a a tent or whatever it may be, go these different homecomings and sell my merch. Um, So that was kind of the the vision behind it. Uh, Now I'm in the stage, so I've kind of done a lot of the planning part of it. Um, Now I'm in the stage of really kind of getting my website and, and getting the type of merch that I want. I've started, so here's one of, I have a mug. Uh, this is the logo. Cool. So I yeah. love the logo. Here's my uh, slogan. It's trademark two piece snack. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure folks are wondering, or you're wondering, you know, what is a two piece snack? Well, you're looking <laughs> at a two piece snack. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> cry. So, and, and, I, and I'm sure people have heard, oh, you know, he, she's a snack, or he's a snack, or, you know, mm-hmm. that's a two piece snack, or I'm a whole meal. And so the the, the slogan is uh, centered around that. Hey, I look good, I feel good. You know, I'm a I'm a snack. You know, um, and yes, two piece snack and a biscuit. You can add a biscuit on there. You can be a, a meal. <laughs> you can be you know a three piece and a biscuit. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's funny, <laughs> but it's also empowering where you know folks can feel good about themselves uh, and and let you know other know. Hey, you're looking at a snack. I'm I'm a snack here. Here's one of my uh, bags. Yes. So I actually, oh, so these yes. are just some prototypes. Yeah. Oh, so these so are like cool. the, the grocery bags. Yeah.
0: Um, oh yeah, need those. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, this yes, is yes, like, I love it.
1: Of, yeah, some of the stuff that I've uh, created with it, but like I said, it, it's it's hard, you know, working full time and then you know also trying mm-hmm. to you know have a, a side business. I procrastinate a lot, unfortunately. I will admit <laughs> that. Um, but I think once I'm like got some some what they call it some skin meat in the in the game. Once I have finances mm-hmm. involved, because I'm having yes. to you know pay these uh, states and sales and use taxes. I mean, you know, even though you know you may not be selling a lot, you're still having to file each month what um, yes. you're doing. And then I think one time I forgot to file and they charged me late penalties. on I, like, I didn't even make no money and I got to pay money <laughs> out. So, <Yes. laughs> so yeah, yes. my next steps for the business is, like I said, <laughs> creating that website. Um, yes. That's one of the hardest parts is getting the website created.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you know, I just kind of stalled on that. But yeah, there's more to come with, with two-piece snacks. Uh, but everything from yes. like I showed you, the mugs, the bags, the shirts, the hats, um and the the ideal is to create kind of a lifestyle uh brand Uh, so we'll try to branch out i'll try to branch out even to you know possibly actually branded snack items Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. oh i love that i can't wait i am so excited i can't i can't wait to support you and get that merch and i love how you mentioned that yeah it's funny But it's also, you know, empowering. And I think even before 2020, but even more important now with all these things going on with the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I feel that there are more of a need of service and products that make us feel good, Mm -hmm. make us smile, make us laugh. And I think your company, your brand is one of those. It's just going to contribute to that. So that's what I like to see. That's what I like to hear. And I like that you mentioned that you went to Howard University and was inspired. And that's sometimes where it starts is you you go somewhere, you see something, you hear something, and you're inspired by someone else. So it's like we just Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't even realize, just like you, you're inspiring somebody else somewhere, whether they, you know, announce that to you or not. So somebody is always watching and listening to the things that we're doing. So I'm glad that you shared that. And another thing I'm glad you mentioned was about the uh, the fees or like taxes things yeah. you have to pay even if you don't make any money. <laughs> I felt that same way when I'm I created like, my LLC. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I got that uh, you know document from the uh, comptroller's office and yep. the secretary of state in Texas, I said, "Wait, hold up! I didn't even <laughs> really make any money. I got to pay." Right. <laughs> and it's just certain things, and I kind of felt like. You know, and that was like in the beginning, like, cause we're learning, you know, yeah, we, yeah. I didn't really, I don't have anyone in my family or that was close to me that could really give me the big rundown of, you know, being an entrepreneur or business owner, yeah, yeah. uh, when it comes to taxes and the, the financial part of it. And I was just like, okay, it's not just <laughs> getting an LLC, like that running a business costs money other than, yeah, we know the, you know, with a uh, purchasing inventory and marketing, we know those fees, but on this other side, even if you don't make any money,
1: (laughs) you you sometimes have to pay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that's something that's really important to know is that, Hey, while we're out here starting these businesses, Mm -hmm. we really have to take the time to understand all aspects of business. And it's hard to do it by yourself, but at the beginning, it's like you are every person you're you're doing all the jobs. So it's important to acknowledge those big areas where we need, maybe we need to hire someone or just even Mm -hmm. have a, free consultation and just have a little conversation with someone just to see what information you can use to help yourself until you get to that level where you want to actually hire someone. So, oh, I I totally feel you. When you said (laughs) that, I was like, man, I remember getting your first letter. (laughs)
1: Because you end up initially having to pay like those fees, so like a $500 fee. And then Mm -hmm. from there, you got to file and do this. But I would say, you know, the hardest part was for me was the whole trademark because going through the us trademark office and getting your slogan trademark um it's like a nine-month process like you literally sit and wait for six months to see if your trademark is going to get approved once it gets approved you have to speak with an attorney the attorney has Mm -hmm. to make sure there's no other companies or brands. because i I had to change my slogan um i had to change it from so this, uh, the 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 two the two piece, they were saying yeah. like, you know, that could be uh, a women's bathing suit or something like that. So they said it was too generic. Um, so oh, there's okay. a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes that you're working with the trademark office. Um, but, yeah, once it's approved, you have that trademark. And like I say, with the black don't crack, people have been saying that for years. But whoever trademarks it first, they have the rights to that, that slogan. And I know yeah. here in Atlanta, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, everybody, when I first moved here, it was like, oh, that's a snack. Oh, that's a snack. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, they, they look good. They look good, you know? Oh, I was like, okay. So then I started saying, oh, I'm a snack. That's a snack over there. Yeah. Like, let, let me trademark this and make some money off of this. Because folks have been saying that. I'm sure you've heard it. Folks been yeah. saying that for years. Look. Let me know if you mm-hmm. see somebody with my my slogan on, 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 on their stuff.
0: <laughs> I'm like, hold up. I know somebody right. that got that trademark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love it. So I'm glad you're sharing all these different areas of running a business. And I like that you mentioned, you know, you're working full time while you're uh, building this. And I think a lot of times people, you know, sometimes we may want to... Um, because everyone that wants to be an entrepreneur or business owner, some people still love their full-time job and want to do both. They want to you know, work for their employer and run their own business. And some people's dream or goal is to eventually leave working for someone else and just work for themselves full time so i'm glad that you mentioned that because i know it's uh, possible to do both it's just whatever you desire you can work for yourself full time or you can still work in your career with your employer and be successful as a business owner but i'm glad you mentioned the procrastination because i've been that way too like we have good intentions like we want to get this stuff done but sometimes it can be overwhelming a lot especially in the beginning because doing everything you're doing everything
1: i found it helpful to kind of set time aside uh once a week to, to work on something whether it's the business or self or finances or budgeting like if i kind of block my schedule and, and set time aside you know that kind of helps me at least you know because once you get in the, the habit and routine of doing that then you look forward to all right i got my hour on Saturday. This is what yes. I'm going to focus on. This is what I'm going to do. And you walk away from that feeling like you've accomplished something. So I think that's yes. one thing that we, we kind of lack is, you know, setting, setting uh, schedules and putting, setting time aside, because if you're working a, 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 a day job, what is that? Nine to 10 hours that you're setting aside for that. So how come yes. we can't set aside a couple hours for ourselves
0: mm-hmm. or, yes. or
1: something that's personal Um
0: so yes, that's so important. The time blocking helps me too. I Mm -hmm. I live in my Google Calendar. (laughs) So if it's not on my Google Calendar, it's not gonna happen. But I know there has to be room for has to be room and have to be flexible for you know unexpected things that come up. So sometimes if people you know, call me or text me and I can't respond right away or not at all that day. It's Mm -hmm. not that I'm ignoring you (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that, but sometimes it's just, you know, I'm trying to do better, but with turning phone calls, but I always tell people you got, you may have to text me or, or, you know, if you don't give me a message or send me some email or something, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes we can't, well, not we, sometimes I may not be able to Call back right away. But I, I think, so, yeah. No. yeah, but I think with me, the time blocking helps uh, because, like you said, if you can put set some time to be at your employer office and yes. <laughs> work that job, there's things that we want to do outside of that job. So we got to time block it, whether if it's stuff that, whether if it's us building our own business mm-hmm. or if it's doing stuff that may not necessarily you know, be involved with making money. Maybe it's some things we want to do for fun or just yeah. relax, things like that. So that's important. The, t- the time blocking for things that has to do with business and personal. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I love it. All right. So I want to know about financial freedom and, you know, what does it mean to you? To a lot of us, we have, there's no necessarily like right or wrong answers because we're all different. We have different needs, different wants, different desires. So financially, being financially free is going to mean different things to different people. So I just want to know for you, Norman, you know, what does financially free mean to you?
1: So financially free means that I am, of course, debt free and debt meaning, I don't know, I don't owe anyone anything. (laughs) And so only thing that I'm paying is my utilities and (laughs) uh, I guess, you know, things like insurance, but as far as homes, cars, credit cards, all of that is what I consider debt. It's something that you owe each month, you know, to a bank or to a, to a loan place. And so for me, financially free is being debt free, free from a car note, free from a mortgage, free from a credit card, you know, uh, payment. And, you know, credit cards aren't bad. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people like to say credit cards, you, you know, you get in debt and you get in trouble. Well, it's unfortunately it's the person that gets into debt. It's not the credit card, and so credit <laughs> cards will help you build your credit. It will show that you're credit worthy uh, when you go and apply for, you know, a loan, and you have a ten year excellent payment uh, history with your credit card company. That's going to look good on your behalf. If you don't have any credit cards, then sometimes that shows that you don't have the credit. You know, you don't you don't have that credit worthiness. Um, but no, definitely want to be out of, out of debt. I want to be able to, like I say, only have those expenses that are mandatory, which are like utilities and insurance and be able to yeah. use that funds that were previously going to debt payments and mm-hmm. invest, you know, real estate stocks, uh, having those, uh, rainy day funds and just being like yeah. financially comfortable.
0: Yes. Oh, I love it, Norman. I'm with you on the debt-free part. Uh, whenever I receive money and, you know, when you think about just, you know, present day and in the past when I had to make payments on debt, it's mm-hmm. just like, ugh, I have to give this up to you. Sure. You know, yeah, I know I I borrowed this money, but that's what it's about too, like the being the debt-free. Because sometimes we, well, sometimes I visualize, like if I didn't have, you know, debt payments or this debt what are the other things that I can do? And that's what keeps motivating me to stay on track
1: with, you know, paying off
0: debt, because I know once it's, once I finish paying it off, it's going to free up so much more money to do more of the things that I really want to do, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, investing and traveling. And it's just so much that's on my list. And I think having, you know, the debt, it can weigh you down too. And I like what you mentioned about the credit cards. I know there's a big you know, debate on credit cards, you know, if they're bad or good, but you're right. It starts with the person first, because <clears throat> even me personally, when I first got into credit card debt, I, I didn't have any good history in the beginning. It was just pretty much, I got it and maxed it out. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. So I'm glad you mentioned Um, it starts with the person and your, you know, money behaviors, how you're dealing with money and debt that you're borrowing. So you got to make sure that you have smart money habits. So no matter decisions that you're making, that is working for you. And of course that we learn from the lessons, you know, we all make decisions that are great and some not so great, but it's about what do we really learn from it so we can do better Mm -hmm. next time. So I like your financially free explanation. I love it. Thank you. All right, so I want to know your thoughts on wealth and financial education, financial literacy in black communities. So, you know, we grew up in neighborhoods that was predominantly black and considered lower income. So I just wanna know, what do you think that we can do to elevate ourselves financially? You know, not just individually, but as a community, in um, the type of communities that we grew up in? Like, what do you feel is missing or that we can do?
1: So, yeah, like, like you stated, you know, growing up in a uh, predominantly African-American uh, community, you know, lower income, uh, we're not taught those, those lessons about, about money. And so I think there needs to be a focus in the schools, uh, but then also in, for nonprofit organizations. So like your United Ways and, and those organizations on financial literacy. Uh, And so start them while they're young, you know, you start them while they're young. um, You know, they'll, they'll, they'll hopefully keep and retain those things that they learned as they get older. Um, Mm -hmm. I think focusing on, um, you know, if you, if you have $10, you save, you save 10% of that, you save a dollar, you know, we, every, every pay period, you need to save at least 10% of that. Um, And, you know, you may have to dig into that, that savings, you know, every now and then, but make it to where, you know, it's, it's a life or death type situation because a pair of shoes isn't a life or death situation, you know, Uh, but starting them while they're young, getting them while they're in school. I remember in elementary, uh, middle school, we didn't have any classes on finances. Um, We didn't do talk about any of that. And I think if I would, you, and you're not going to, you're not going to move or, or be able to hit a hundred percent of the people that, that, that you teach this, but if you can get 50%, 60%, um, oh and at least something where they can say, oh yeah, I remember that. I, I learned about that in school. Um, uh, as far as balancing a checkbook, I remember when I got my checking account and, you know, I'm like, oh crap, like uh, did this, you know, trying to balance a, 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 a checkbook and, I wasn't taught that, so I had to kind of learn on my own, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the days when, you know, folks was writing checks for everything. You didn't have Cash App, Zelle, and all that. So I know I overdraw my account, you know, several times, and I'm like, (laughs) how in the world did I do that? I thought I had $25 (laughs) in there and I had 5 And so, you know, (laughs) balance the check. Uh, But just be able to, I, I think now, even I'm guilty of this, I don't, look at what i spend mm-hmm. uh, i mean I, I have an idea of what i have in the bank and sometimes i only like right. look at, in the bank because then i'm like oh i got that much okay well let's go to the let's go to lennox mall but uh <laughs> I, I i have a bad time of like logging so if let's just say on a saturday if i get gas if i go get something to eat if i you know buy a shirt i'm not logging that and then like let's say at the end of the day or the week i'm not looking to see what i spent. And yeah. not to say I got it like that, but <laughs> I think I need to do a better job personally realizing, looking at what I spend on a regular mm-hmm. basis. That will help me realize, okay, hey, TJ Maxx and Marshalls, you know, need to cut it back. Uh, but yeah. then also will <laughs> help me uh, be able to, you know, really uh, set, you know, state of my budget, you know, and and and, and set, set those goals uh, because when we, you know, don't stay on our budget. It's basically a free for all. It's like, you know, it's whatever. And that's when we run into those issues of over withdrawing or, you know, Mm -hmm. spending the the money that was due for the the mortgage next month.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: You know, it's sad to see, I think schools and people are really getting away from just the whole financial literacy thing and we should Mm -hmm.
0: be getting back to that. Yeah, I totally agree. Like when I, but even before high school, I don't remember ever having any conversations about money at home or in school. Even in school, now I'm not, I don't remember it being any financial classes in high school, but if it was, I didn't take any. I didn't really know about any. So I think it does start when we're younger because if you think about it as kids, you know, even as kids, we learned a lot. And kids nowadays, they're learning so much. So it's not that they can't learn. It's just, I think sometimes adults, don't know any better, and then we just don't try to learn to help the kids. Or you know, I feel like if we don't really understand, we got to bring in some people who are yeah. experienced and understand. And I think just teaching us the basic life skills when it comes about money, like you mentioned, writing a uh, check or balancing a checkbook. I I was the same way. Like I remember when I first got my first checking account. And when I was in college and I was just like, what is this? And then, you know, how your, your available balance may say it's this, but then it really may not be what you have. Cause these That's other all that stuff
1: comes out and then you're like, Oh, wait, zero.
0: Right. And you know, back then, like years ago, like there's some laws in place where banks can't charge you multiple overdraft fees in one day. Like, but back in the day, if you had six transactions, they could tra- charge you, and you're in a the negative, they could charge you six overdraft right. fees in one day, but now they can't, they can only do one per day. Yeah. But they will, they will line them up and give it to you one after the other if you had all those transactions that was negative. But I think it's mm-hmm. simple things like that is how to use a checking account how to understand what the available balance is and writing a check. And then, hey, you may have written that check and gave give it to the grocery store or where we spent it. <laughs> but you, you, you got to leave that $25 sitting in that bank account. So when the check go through, the money will be money there. Will so it's just things like that that we um, underestimate that we need to teach. Now, yeah, nowadays, nobody's, there's still checks, but nobody's really writing checks like they used to. So like you mentioned the cash out, Zelle, Venmo, all these electronic quicker options are out there. So we need to make sure that we're teaching kids how to properly use those too. So I think it does start with teaching uh, kids when they're really young or just starting, you know, where they are and having those conversations and talking about it. And if we know we're not sure about what to do with money, we have to have enough, um, we have to kind of like let our pride go and, other egos and things like that and know that, hey, you know, I may not understand this either, but let's, you know, bring in some other teachers or some other people in our family or our community that do well with money or that are professionals that could come in and talk to some of these kids because I just wished I had someone to talk to me. And my daughter, Destiny, she's a senior in high school now, and they, at her school, they have some financial literacy classes and she'll come home and she'll be like, Uh, She was like, I already know this stuff because you told me about this stuff. (laughs) And it makes me feel like so good because I'm like, you know, it's like some of the basic, you know, financial things. But when she says she already knew this, then she did learn some new things. But just to know that some of the stuff they talked about, she already heard before. It just made me feel like really like you know, proud yeah. as a mom oh, yeah. that, that I taught her something, at least something she listened to. Yeah, <laughs> so no. kids, Sometimes we don't listen to our parents, but I was like, at least <laughs> she remembers something, you know, that I said. Um, so I, I love it that. Is. I do agree that we, we got to be more proactive in learning about money and not just having that one-time conversation, but continuous learning. It's a, yeah. It's, a,
1: it's um, a conversation for sure.
0: Yeah. So when we were at, you know, Pearl Cone high school, um, I, cause I don't want to say we didn't have any financial literacy classes. I just don't remember us having any. Yeah. Um, and if we did, I, I didn't know. So I just want to know after you graduated high school mm-hmm. and you got into, you know, started going to college and even after college, like what do you feel like you wish you would have known in high school? I know we kind of touched on it already talking about, you know, bringing more financial education into the black communities, but is it something else you feel like, Oh, I wish I would have known this about money or about life in general. Uh, leaving high school because there's a lot of high school students that I would meet in college, and they already knew some stuff that I felt like, "Dad, I didn't learn that." And you, 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 a freshman in college too, and I didn't hear any of this stuff. <laughs> so
1: I think one is, you know, we talked on about the credit cards, but I remember, you know. Day, week one, when I, you know, got to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, you had, you know, people set up, you know, offering college uh, college students credit cards. And, you know, I had never had a credit card. And I was like, ooh a credit card. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. You know, I can get my books on this or something. And, you know, that I think they kind of prey on on the college students. Because, you know, that one, I got that one credit card. And then in the mail the next week, two more started coming. And (laughs) I didn't know that, hey, I probably just needed one and not five. And by the end of my senior year, I had like a Discover card, a MasterCard, American Express. And I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I got, look at, look at my wallet. I got credit card, credit Mm -hmm. card, credit card. And it was all cute and nice and everything until, you know me, you know, working, you know, graduating college and not having that job to be able to pay for all that, that, those credit cards. And so really, I just wish I would have learned like about, you know, managing debt, managing credit cards, only applying and only having one credit card and using it only for emergency purposes. Um, So car breaks down, uh, you get sick and have to go to the doctor, stuff like that.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: because I wasn't taught that my, my parents didn't have credit cards. So this was just like a whole new, uh, thing for me. And it was like, Ooh, you know, so you mean I can spend $300 and I only got to pay $30 next month on that 300 <laughs> Well, by the time that 300 and you that $30 and the interest yeah. up, and I like now and I, and they've changed that they changed the law because of this, because of back then, you didn't know how long it would take you to pay off your credit card. So now I know a law passed where now it'll say, it'll take you 15 years if you pay the minimum balance. It'll take you, if you pay $200, it'll take you three years. And I think that helps us, it helps consumers in general because we're thinking Mm -hmm. $30, minimum balance. Oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Right. You're paying that $30 for the next 15 years. (laughs) Yes. Just those those life lessons. Mainly, like I said, mainly the, the credit card uh, issues.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because having that visual, seeing if you pay this amount, this, how long it's going to take, the visual does help because some a lot of us aren't going in and calculating it ourselves to see yeah. how long would it take. You know, so having that reminder pop up will either let you know, yeah, I want to keep, you know, kind of coasting with my minimum payment. Or you may think, you know what, I think I want to try to pay this off way earlier than 15 years so you may want to get more aggressive so i do like that there's that visual out there uh to remind us you know putting those credit card payments in alignment with our other financial goals because we don't want to pay out pay on credit cards for 20 years
1: <laughs> uh, and they didn't like i said they didn't have that that visual on statements back uh,
0: definitely yeah. it's great to have that mm-hmm. i love it So now we're going to go into just some fun questions for you because I want to, uh, I want other people out there uh, to get to know you a little bit better. I think it's really important to have these money conversations and talk about ways that we can elevate financially. But it's also fun to really know some uh, other deeper things that, you know, makes us smile and laugh and get to know you a little bit better. So I want to know what is your favorite movie?
1: Ooh, favorite movie, favorite movie. It would have to be, so I like comedy. I like black comedy. Uh, The one that just really pops into my head is uh, Friday, Ice Cube. Friday.
0: Yeah. Classic. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. I love that one too. That's one of those movies you could watch a million times and you still laugh like like it was the first time you've seen it. So I love Friday too. All right. What is your favorite season? Spring, summer, winter, and fall?
1: So, my I am a Libra I was born in September. Um, mm-hmm. It's not fall. It's definitely not winter. It's spring. <laughs> and it's spring because I would always remember spring is like, what is it, that, that April, March, April, May? I remember, you know, sitting in class, looking outdoors out the window, and you see the flowers blooming you know that it's like one month left of school because you know, the is <laughs> starting to get nice. And so I just always love spring because you know, you got that, you know, everything dies in winter, grass is brown, flowers are dead and <laughs> spring is like a new growth. It's like a, yes. it's a new beginning type thing for, you know, a lot of things like trees and flowers. Yes. But that feels good to me just to kind mm-hmm. of see that stuff growing.
0: Yes. I love that. I love spring. I I love summer because I like the heat. Okay. But I love spring. I like the way you put that. Like you said, it's, you know, it's like the new beginnings and things coming out the flowers and trees. So I love the explanation. It kind of gives you this fresh start type of feeling. Okay. So next I want to know, what is your favorite food? Okay.
1: Ooh. So favorite meal or food?
0: Yeah, it
1: like could be enough. meal or food, yeah. A snack? No. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite meal, I know, right? My favorite meal, I love some chicken and dressing, collard mm-hmm. greens, macaroni and cheese, and candy yams. I know how to make all of that except the macaroni and cheese, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want to eat and go lay down now. Right. <laughs> That's I the put you can- to sleep food. <laughs> Okay, so what's a book that you would recommend other people to read?
1: Um, so I actually have my, my uh, uh, let me get it real quick.
0: Yeah, share with this.
1: So this book here, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, oh, cool. So yeah, this is one of the books that I um, read when I was getting my MBA. Uh, and you know it's 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 thick, so you probably you know a lot of people look at it and be like oh my goodness I'm not, but it's very beneficial. Um, it talks about you know everything from just the psychology of uh, how we think, how we act, and the way that we you know, uh, uh, handle things. So thinking fast and slow. And you know, a lot of us sometimes think fast because, you know, yeah. in this 24-7 world, we're like, got to, you know, make a quick decision. Got to gotta do this. Okay, you know, you take your time. Uh, but sometimes we can take too much time. And, you know, you don't yeah. want to harbor and take too much time on thinking on, on some decisions because then we end up making mistakes. So this book here tells yeah. you how to, you know, have that balance. Um, it is by Daniel Kahneman very beneficial it may take you a couple of weeks or months to, to read it but it has a lot <laughs> of life skills in it that um, yeah. very beneficial to me
0: thank you for sharing that I haven't read that before so I'm adding that one to my list of okay. my list of books to read um, yeah. because I'm always looking for and I think a lot of us out there are finding ways to continue to educate ourselves and elevate. And that thing is reading some books because there's a lot of good knowledge in books. So thanks and, for sharing that one.
1: And it talks, and it, it kind of talks about as well, impulse buying, impulse decisions. Ooh. And Ooh. I know I kind of have those impulse buying decisions sometimes, <laughs> you, know, and yeah. it's, you know, you really got to, you know, think about, do you really need this? Is this something that is going to be beneficial to your overall uh, financial health? Um, yeah. And what the, uh, you know, a lot of things that we buy lose value as soon as we buy them. Cars, mm. cars yes. clothes, shoes. So, you know, it's nice to have those things, but am I going to spend $500 on a pair of sneakers that not going to have a benefit to me? What is the resale value of those $500 sneakers? It's probably going to be like $100. <laughs> right,
0: First,
1: yeah. I take that $500 and I put that in a CD or a money market account or a Roth IRA mm. where that $500 yeah. is going to build and make me money um, yes. because I know I've, you know, I have like a, a, just a online savings account through American Express. And, you know, I have X amount of dollars going in there. I'll let you, $50 of uh, yeah. paper going in there that I don't touch. And, yeah. you know, when interest rates are way up like they were two years ago, you're making three, four $5 dollars off of that $50, um, you know, a, a month. And so that's money making money for you. Now, yes. are those $500 sneakers going to make make some money? They may make <laughs> you look good, but right, you, know, yeah. you go to some party and somebody step on them, those <laughs> shoes are done. So yeah, just, right. just making,
0: uh, trying to avoid making impulse buying decisions. <laughs> mm. That's really important because I think a lot of us. You know, we have to switch from being just only a consumer to an investor as well, because, yeah, like you said, it's nice to have those nice things. And it's not that we can't have nice things and invest, but sometimes we got to be mindful of like, okay, if I can put 500 into these shoes, have I ever put $500 into my savings account or into my investment account at one time? And I like also that you mentioned that you have $50 going to your savings. Sometimes people underestimate putting in $50 or $20 $20, at a time because it can add up. You don't have to, because for me, I used to think, Oh, I'm going to wait till I can put hundreds of dollars in an account or thousands. But then I realized, you know, you have to start where you are. And yeah. And even $50, like, if you think about, you said, every time you get paid, you put in $50. Just think about after a whole year, you put in that $50. You're going to look back and say, Wow, I got a nice little chunk. $50 sure. sounds small, but once you look over a period of time, months and years, it uh-huh. will add up. And then whatever type of account it's in, it's going to be more than the $50 you put in there. Oh, yeah. So I like that you mentioned and that you shared. You have a certain amount going in an account that you don't touch. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I like the That's important to have. It Hard for you to be able to withdraw. Because yeah, I can go yeah. online. I can transfer it from my state online savings to my normal checking. But like the the accounts where you they send you a a, a debit card for a savings account. I'm like, what's the point of a savings account? I don't need a debit card. Don't send me a debit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah,
0: you know, that's what you get. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get. I found um, online
1: savings. I was just saying, I found that uh, online savings accounts are pretty helpful for me because. You know, it makes it a little harder for you to get that money because when you do have to transfer, it takes three to five days. So you're like, (laughs) oh, well, I really want to buy this. It's going to take three to five days for me to get that money. I'll I'll pass.
0: Yes, I can relate to that because I used to have savings accounts where it was uh, linked to my primary checking account. And, you know, if you log in on your like online banking and you see. the accounts connected, it's easy to just, oh, I'm going to just transfer over 20. I'm going to transfer over a little 100. Next thing you know, your savings account is at zero. You ain't got no more money in your savings account because it's just easy to transfer. But like you said, if you have a savings that's in a different bank than where your checking account is in and it takes a little bit more time, yes, like you said, you can get it if you need it. But there's like that little delay, and by the time it's hit your account, you changed your mind. You're like, you know, I don't think I even want what I was gonna buy. (laughs) You know, so I have my uh, accounts in an online uh, savings account as well, that's separate from my primary checking accounts too. Because, and and now that I did that, it is a whole lot easier to be more disciplined with getting it when you may not really need it. So I love it. Good. All right. So traveling. So, what is your favorite place to uh, travel? This can be like a place that you've traveled in the past that is your favorite, or, or a place like that you like to travel to, you know, often.
1: Okay. So I love warm weather and beaches, and so mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the most memorable that I enjoyed was the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and so and down mm-hmm. in the, the Caribbean. I took a a cruise and uh, those were two of the stops, the British Virgin Islands. Um, I loved it because you have kind of that perfect backdrop of the the green lush mountains. And then below you have the white sandy beaches and the blue water. So it's that picture perfect calendar. Uh, And I just really enjoyed it, had a good time, did some excursions. Um, So like a place that I would fly back to and just spend like a week would be probably the British Virgin Islands or the US Virgin Islands. Uh, but I love wow. traveling. This this year in March, I was supposed to go international for the first time. Uh, so I've been to yeah. Mexico and I've been kind of on the cruises, but I was supposed to go to Portugal. Trip was paid for. Everything was done. And of course, uh, COVID hit and, you know, canceled that trip. So we're looking to reschedule that for 2021, hopefully. But yeah,
0: Portugal yeah. would have been, been awesome. Oh. Um,
1: but I love traveling.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, I think a lot of us that do like to travel have have been quite disappointed and a little sad that we haven't been able to travel. But I know COVID has affected a lot of people, you know, health-wise. So I do acknowledge that a lot of people have been, you know, in the health-wise and financially impacted. But with the travel industry, I know people are back to traveling a little bit. But of course, we know it's not like it was used to be. Because um when you do travel it's like you can't really do stuff like you normally would because yeah like there's a restriction There's either you can't do a certain activity or if you do it you got to have your mask on and then you have to- of course i, I want to make sure it's safe of course but you have right. to have your mask on and then some t- stuff is like you have that limited capacity of number of people that could be in an area right. so even if you go to a place where you can go during this pandemic the experience may not necessarily be the same due to everything that's going on. So I have I've had some places that I had in plans to go this year. And I'm just like, well, I guess you have to roll it over to 2021 and see what that's looking like. So uh Portugal, I've never been there before. I'm gonna add that to my list. I've never been there, but the now that you said it, I was like, ooh, let me add that to my list. All right. All right. So the next one is, I wanna know what's one thing that you other than traveling that you like to do uh that doesn't involve earning money like something that's like a favorite uh that you would do like in your free time
1: so i enjoy hiking uh so hiking i especially in the in the spring and and fall i enjoy just going on a, a hike with friends um, mm. or even, you know, sometimes I'll go by myself and I'm not talking about this extreme backpack hiking where I'm in the mountains. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just doing some, some little trails and doing like a three mile trail, uh, here in, in Georgia and Atlanta area. Um, we have a lot of like parks and state parks. And so I just try to make it my, my, my goal to, you know, visit, you know, a state different state park a month and kind of go on these trails. And I think for me, hiking is relaxing. It kind of you know mm-hmm. just gets you away from the cell phones you may not have service out there it gets you away from the technology the hustle and bustle it just kind of makes you kind of yeah. appreciate you know god's green earth and, and you know the things that you know we don't see on a daily basis so i enjoy hiking
0: yeah i love that and i like <laughs> i like you clarifying not the extreme <laughs> yeah. hiking in the mountains but <laughs> I know that is something that like at the beginning of the year that's something that I wanted to do I was like let me start in the state that I'm in in Texas and I looked up all the state parks in Texas and I had a list of all the ones I wanted to go to and that was around because I wanted to start around spring break and you know that's when in March that's when everything happened but that's still on my list to do is because you know before I lived in Texas I was living in Denver Colorado and that's when I got more taste of you know outdoor activities and now that I'm here in, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth area, I'm like, I don't have any type of mountains and stuff to yeah. look at like I did in Colorado. Right. But I was like, let me go to all the state parks. They're beautiful and have all these different things. So that's something that's still on my list. I like to hike, too, and I like to be in nature and see just, you know, peacefulness. Now, my yeah. only issue is. I can't stand bugs. Ugh. so I get, I freak out when I see like spiders and stuff and like, I don't know, like I've never been like camping or anything, but that's okay. something that I always said I wanted to do just to say I did it. But nice. I don't know if I would have to be like in a cabin at night and go out or if I can actually sleep in a tent, like in the I no tent or something. Okay.
1: <laughs> Do a like your cabin. Wow. Do a cabin. We're, we're, we're close enough to the woods.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ooh, if I'm, cause I, cause I know, like sometimes I um, I wake up at like two or three in the morning. Okay. So if I wake up in my tent and I start oh, hearing some yeah. weird noises, I'm probably
1: gonna freak go out. To sleep, you wake up and came back, go back to sleep. You're just laying. You're like, okay. Then your mind's really gonna start playing tricks on you. And- <laughs>
0: And you know, when you out there in the in the woods, you gonna hear some stuff. Some of be probably paranoid.
1: <laughs> I mean, I hear stuff in the when I, I'm here in the city and you hear uh, birds and this and that, you really gonna hear some stuff out in the woods.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you shared that because that's on my to-do list too, right. is to continue being out in nature. So I love that. Uh so this last one is: what would you do if you had five hundred thousand dollars? What is the first three things you would do the first three things
1: Ooh, first three you want me to be honest or you want me to-
0: <laughs> I, I want the real i want the real and raw the truth what's the first three things you would do nope no right or wrong or perfect yeah. answers but yeah give me so, the real <laughs> so to be
1: honest i probably would go ahead and just get debt free so uh my debt doesn't uh you know, wouldn't told, take the whole five hundred thousand. I hope not. <laughs> um, but no, I would. Uh, I would definitely go ahead and just pay off, unfortunately, those student loans. They finna get all of, all of that money. Pay off my student yeah. loan. Like just pay off the student loans. Pay off the um, the credit card bills, and then just start with a clean slate. Second thing I would do. Uh, I'm a giving person, so you know, I can't. I can't. You know, I, the first step I took care of myself got myself out of debt. I'm good. Second step. And so, you know, mom and sister and and family's going to be, you know, taken care of, Um, you know, I don't know how much I I would give them, but they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be good. Um, So give, you know, something to others. And then third, Oh, we about to, we about to travel, turn up, party, shop (laughs) buy, because Hey, I'm out of debt. Remember? I don't have any debt. Yes. family's taking my goods. So,
0: yeah, definitely
1: mm-hmm. I would, uh, you know, enjoy myself. Now, I'm not saying I would um, just spend the whole thing because, you know, after that I would, you know, invest and and buy, you know, property and stuff. But, yeah, I'm going to, you know, treat myself nice and, uh, and take me a trip and, you know, just kind of relax and enjoy. And I'm a pretty frugal cheat. I wouldn't say cheat, but I'm frugal when it comes to, you know, shopping, you know, I'll find that same $200 Nike sweatshirt. I'll find it at, at Marshall's or online for $20 because
0: uh-huh. I'm,
1: I, I don't like paying for retail. So, you know, if something's not on sale, I ain't buying it. And I'm
0: just,
1: <laughs> you remember back in, and when we were in high school, the Jordans that came out, everybody had the Jordans. They was like, what, maybe a hundred dollars, one twenty. You yeah. go to the store now, these Jordans is two and $250. And I'm like, them the same one they yes. just released that we had when we was in high school. I should have kept those. <laughs>
0: <All> right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not the type to spend two and or $300 on tennis shoes. Uh, I, that's just not yeah. where I value. But uh, that's mm-hmm. not to say I don't like nice things. Now I may go to, you know, uh, uh, Macy's or Saks and wear the 70% off rack with an extra 30%. Because that same sweater <laughs> that was $300 is now 30. So, yes.
0: Oh, I love that. Got to get catch a deal. It's like once you start experiencing getting stuff at a discount, sometimes it makes it more difficult to be paying for everything at like full like retail price. So I like getting a discount, too. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that was the top three. Pay off a debt, uh, take care of family, give and then kind of treat myself.
0: Yes, I love it. Got a good mix of, you know, all those three areas. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So now we have uh, the final thing here, my affirmation cards. Ooh. So I already shuffled them. So I'm going to pick a financial affirmation card. And I want you to just tell me um, how it makes you feel or how it relates to your own personal financial journey or life journey. Okay. All right. So let me pick one. All right, yours is I am in control of my financial future. How does that make you feel, or how does it relate to your own personal or professional journey?
1: So, being in control of my financial future, uh, I think it makes me feel uh, responsible, it makes me feel happy. And I think I need to do a better job of helping others uh, learn from the things that I've done and help them get to a financially stable, a financially free future. Uh, I've, like I say, I admit I felt that that I probably could do a better job um, with family and friends, and that's going to be one of my goals for 2021. You know, I have six nieces and nephews, and so you know, I try to instill in them, you know, saving and 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 working, and you know. Uh, I think I can do a better job at, you know, maybe once a month, you know, sitting them down and teaching them the things that yeah. we talk about financial literacy. Um, Cause that way, you know, I'm actually doing preaching, doing what I, what I preach, uh, yes. but financially free, being in control of my financial future just feels good. It feels responsible. Mm-hmm. It feels happy. Um, it feels, you know, not having to worry mm-hmm. and, you know, it feels, like I say it just feels good.
0: Yes, I love it. And I like that you shared, you know, ha- make it more time to sit with your nieces and nephews and teach them uh, what you know about money so it can help them and they can be more prepared uh, than we were at an earlier age. So I love that uh, giving back and paying it forward to our family. Yes. All right. So last final question. I said the affirmation cards was last, but oh, no, you're <laughs> I good. promise this is the last one. All right. a good time. Yes. Yes. Me too. Okay. So final question here is sometimes we are asked what advice we would give to our younger self, but I want to know what advice would you give to yourself right in this moment uh, as it relates to your financial journey or your life journey?
1: Uh, let's see who that's a, that's a hard one advice. I would give to myself now, I would say, you know, be better at budgeting, um, having a budget and sticking to it. And so, you know, I tend to, especially if I would go out, I tend to just the budget's out the window, you know, I'm just, you know, if I'm going out to a bar or, you know, uh, if I'm going out, you know, uh, shopping. Sometimes I tend to leave that budget. So sticking to that budget, it's gonna take discipline. It's gonna take time. But you know, I use I. So I used to do where I put fifty dollars in an envelope, and mm-hmm. that fifty dollars was my entertainment. And once that fifty dollars <laughs> was gone, then the entertainment. So you know, the, the, that was gone. Uh, and the same with like eating out, I would put like $50 in an envelope. That would be my eating out. If I eat, if I spend it all at one place, that's it. If I, you know, spend it mm-hmm. in three places, that's it. So I think I need to get back to that. Um,
0: yeah. you
1: know, and just kind of being simple, putting that money in the envelope. Once it's gone, it's gone. And mm-hmm. not saying, well, I'll just use my 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 debit card or I'll just use my credit card. Uh, that would be yeah. the advice I would get to myself, sticking to a budget
0: yes i love that because i think it's really important for us to you know acknowledge our wins and how well we may be doing and you know not underestimating the great progress that we've made but also Mm -hmm. acknowledging areas that we can improve on and do better in because i feel like no matter what level we're on or no matter how many things we've accomplished there are always areas to improve and I like to remind people that none of us are perfect, and sometimes we're doing great, and sometimes we might be struggling with some things, because I know I'm not perfect, Um, but I think it's good to talk about it, have these types of conversations so we can help encourage each other, inspire each other to just do the best that we can um, every single day, and I think that gives me more confirmation that more people really want help and want community and wants uh, to have genuine relationships with people so that we can all connect and just be better individually and as a community
1: yeah i like it I like yes it. can i, I end on a couple of tips i want uh, i i wanted to share yes okay so one i would like to say you know definitely get that that savings account that's separate from your uh from your your checking so like an online savings account Um, There's a lot of reputable companies out there. Um, You know, Capital One has an online savings account. Uh, I have mine through American Express. Uh, So just get that online savings account, put in X amount per pay period, have it automatically withdrawn. When it's automatically taken out, we don't see it, we don't miss it. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing with like for 401ks. If your job offers a 401k, take advantage of it. At least, you know, do 100% of what they're matching the first 100 percent 100 percent, the first six percent do six percent you're not going to miss that that money (laughs) um next thing i would like to say investing is easy open you up an e-trade account or whatever you know uh stock account that you um uh, prefer to use it's it's free to open up an account you don't have to have a hundred thousand dollars i used to think to invest in the stock market oh you gotta have ten thousand dollars I started investing with, with $30. Mm-hmm. I opened up an account. I bought a little yes. <laughs> stock up with $2. I paid the six ninety five dollars uh, mm-hmm. stock transfer fee. And I had some shares of stock. When you own ownership of, of something like a company, it may be a small percentage, but hey, you have ownership of that company. They send me like proxy votes every quarter. Hey, Norman, do you vote for this CEO? Yeah. Do you vote for this? And I'm like, oh, I get to have a say in Apple's uh, what they're doing and... And so, yeah, start small mm-hmm. with the with the stocks, you know, same yeah. with the savings account, put in twenty dollars a pay period, ten dollars a pay period.
0: and mm-hmm. the thing with
1: stocks uh if you if you sit on it and you have a stock that makes dividends, you're just gonna get that money you know roll yes. order uh, and then the last thing yeah uh, the stocks, oh yeah, as far as just overall um, um, managing your money and uh, buying versus renting. So if okay. you have the opportunity to, to purchase, to buy, um, I've found that, you know, buying, you have a lot more, you know, say, so as far as, you know, your, your, what, what you can do in your place, what you can't do versus when mm-hmm. you're renting, once that lease is up, you don't have anything to kind of show for it because that's the property owner's, uh, resident, you know, their, their place versus when you're, when you're buying, you know, you you kind of got something that you're like, okay, I don't have a lease yeah. per se, you know. Um, and if anything happens, whether it's job related or you have to sell it, then you sell it. Mm-hmm. And, and for the most part, you end up making a little more money than what you paid. So if you pay 150 for that house, yeah. uh, you're not going to sell it for 150 You may sell it for 160 <laughs> And so you yeah. may come out a couple of thousand dollars over versus when you're renting, you, your lease is up, you're done and you have to find somewhere else. So Uh, Mm -hmm. I've I've been fortunate enough to have two houses that I, you know, am am able to buy. I have one in Tennessee and then one here in Georgia. And I wouldn't go back to renting just because like one rent is expensive. When you have, when you're purchasing, you're probably paying about three to $400 less buying than you are renting. And so just, just you know, look into, you know, for those who are kind of on the fence about buying a house or thinking it's a lot of yeah. Expenses. You know, I can't call the maintenance man to, to fix the plumbing. <laughs> Get you a home warranty insurance and you'll be fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. yes. I love it. Thank you so much right. for sharing those financial tips with us because I think that's where it starts, you know, taking it one step at a time and not just someone telling you do this or do that, but you're sharing with us, you know, why this is a good idea. Uh, to have this online savings account to, to uh, buy, you know, versus a uh, rent. So it's really important. And with the stock investing, you know, if we can spend money, we can invest money. So we want to make sure that we aren't just earning money just to pay bills. But we're making decisions and making moves that is going to work for us now and in the future, too. So that was some great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we want to know, how can we support you and how can we connect with you? Yeah.
1: So my Instagram uh, uh, name is Two Piece Snack back. So the number two piece, P-I-E-C-E, snack, S-N-A-C-K, back, B-A-C-K, Two Piece Snack back. And uh, you can find me on there um, if you have any questions regarding the, uh, the Snacks LLC. Uh, uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, website is under construction. So uh, I'll be posting more things as that becomes available. Uh, and and my the Instagram page for snacks. But yeah, reach out to me on on Instagram, two piece snack back, and uh, let's uh, let's be financially free.
0: Yes, I love it. Thank you so much for being here and talking with us and sharing all of your knowledge or gems and some of your story that's inspiring me and everyone else to take more action in our own lives. And I can't wait to purchase this merch. Give me a cup so I can sit on my table here. Uh, Give me a bag. I I need one of everything. (laughs) One of everything. So I do
1: need to support one another. Uh, Yeah, I definitely appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please share with us. Please share on social media and tag CleoYogaFinance.com. And all the details will be in the show notes on how to connect and support Norman McClain. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to him. Uh, And this is the end of the show. (laughs) But before I go, I just want to encourage you to Just do the best that you can every single day. We're all out here just taking it one step at a time with everything that's going on. But as you navigate through your financial journey, don't wonder what if, take a risk and have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you, Cleo. You can be financially free with Cleo.